When I first felt the call to minister to men over 15 years ago, I didn't have a clue what to do. And slowly God began to put men in my life that mentored and discipled me in the process of ministering men. And other men, like my guest on the program today, began to come into my life. We shared successes, and we even shared failures as we learned from each other. Today, there is a network of men all over this country, and even into other countries, that encourage and share experiences as we see to target men and help men's leader. Today, Mike Young and Noble Warriors is with me, and we are going to get to know Mike a little more, and we are going to hear what he is doing through Noble Warriors. So welcome, Mike. I appreciate you being on the program with me today. Hey, it's good to be with you, Mike. Appreciate the invitation and uh, love the opportunity to talk to other guys who are laboring in this field. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a, a very rewarding field time, uh, a field to be working in, but it also can be a very uh, difficult field. You know? Well, let me ask you a question, yeah. Mike, before I really get, sure. we get too deep. How did you get into men's ministry? How did you get, how did you get or understand your calling into ministering to men? Well, that's a that's a fun story, and I'll give you an abbreviated version of it. But um, so I my career started out. I was a classroom teacher and coach up in Northern Virginia. I was in the classroom for five years, and then I became a high school assistant principal. I did that for three years. Then I left education and got into a family construction business. I uh, did that for seven years, and over the course of this time, my wife and I um, had three sons and she was pregnant with our fourth child who is, is a girl, a daughter. And I, I was just feeling, even though I was working in this family business, I was feeling like, this is not what God made me to do. So I was wrestling with discontent and I came home from work one day and she said, you know what? You are miserable and it's making marriage miserable. I'm miserable. We're all miserable because you're not happy and I'm ready to do something about it. And so we began to pray about what that next thing might be. And um, so there's a there's a sequence of events that led me to um, participate in a conference up in D.C., the National Coalition of Ministries to Men Conference right. in October of 2004. Right. And uh, a guy that we know together, Brian Doyle, oh, yeah. made a made a statement from the stage one night. He said, I'd like to think there'd be 100 more full time men's ministry leaders in the country in the coming year. And uh, yeah, I, I see your reaction there. And, and so I'm sitting in that chair and I looked around and I said, God, you brought me here to hear that. So I went up and shook Brian's hand afterwards. I said, Brian, you don't know me. My name is Mike Young and I don't know where there are 99 other guys, but I will be with in full-time men's ministry within a year. Amen. And uh, he said, how are you going to do that? I said, I have no idea. And so came back home and Stacy and I prayed and, and walked through that whole thing. And God, um, prompted us to launch this ministry called Noble Warriors. Um, and so it has been quite a journey, but it was it was really that NCMM experience and the calling of another man, God speaking through him to my heart, that clarified what I was supposed to do with my life. Mm. Well, that's interesting. You know, we all have a story about coming into men's ministry. And, you know, my story, I don't know if you've ever heard about it, was when I went through... Uh, uh, my cancer battle uh, over 15 years ago. God used that to call me into the ministering of men. And it's just an interesting way of how he calls each one of us. Well, well, audience, I want to I share a little bio with Mike. He shared a little bit about his bio here, but I want to go ahead and just tell you what I, what I know about Mike. Mike is the founder of Noble Warriors. He has a passion to see men grow and serve and lead godly men. Uh, he especially wants to see this in the, uh, his three sons and the and the man that he hopes his daughter will someday marry. Uh, 
Watching Noble Warriors back in 2005 was the result of a clear calling. He just shared that with you to move to full-time ministry to men. And today he leads the ministry by God's grace to serve churches as they equip men to walk with Christ and lead well. Uh, he is a member of the National Coalition of Ministries of Men, as he stated a minute ago, and he even served uh, for three years as the president of that organization, as well as a member of the Iron Sharpers Iron Network and the Fatherhood Co-Commission. Mike and his uh, beautiful wife, Stacy have three sons and a daughter. And it, it is always a pleasure to talk to Mike. Mike and I talk uh, periodically uh, when our busy schedules were allowed. He's he's just a few hours north of where I'm at, so our our uh, sometimes our ministries overlap and who people were connected. And it's always good to talk to Mike because he's got so much experience and, and information. Mike, well, 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 let me ask you this question because you know when I started in men's ministry 15 years ago, and that wasn't much. Uh, after you really started, because uh, it was right. 2006, 2007 when I started, um, what did you know about ministering to men? I, I knew it was needed. I, I didn't know a lot about it. Um, I, You know, it's, a, it's an interesting question because I remember as a college student watching in my campus ministry the godly women who were looking for godly men to, to be their husbands. I mean, they were, they were looking for that right guy and there just weren't many good guys out there. And I remember that registered yeah. with me that I probably wasn't one many, of those good guys. <laughs> yeah. There just aren't time. any guys out here. And, and then I was, I was very much aware uh, of the influence that some men had had on my life mm -hmm. and, and knew that I had been formed by some of their investments. And then I knew as a young dad raising sons, I wanted to raise not just good boys, but godly men. Amen. And and so those pieces were kind of the 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 seeds that were laying in the ground and just needed to have some fertilizer and sunshine and water to get to, to germinate and become a full blown men's ministry. So mm -hmm. uh I, I've been feeling the need for it. I just didn't know how to do it or wasn't called to it until that moment in 2004. Yeah. You know, that's one of the struggles. You know, when God calls you to a ministry, he is going to orchestrate events in your life to allow you to come under people who's got experience of that and to mentor you. Is that what you found out? Is that what you discovered? Yeah, it was kind of interesting. That that very first um, NCMM the event that I went to in Washington, D.C., Robert Lewis was getting mm -hmm. an award for Pastor of the Year, right. uh, Men's Ministry Pastor of the Year. And I had never heard of men's fraternity. And so that was my first exposure to men's fraternity. Well, I also met a guy named Rick Caldwell there and heard from Chuck Stecker and met uh, Marty Granger and and just a, a bunch of other guys who became right. mentors and friends to me. It, it is interesting that my wife had given me the book Raising a Modern Day Knight, which was written by Robert Lewis before I heard him. And, and I didn't, I just never made the connection for a while. But um, Robert became someone that I just followed and so much appreciated his ministry. Um, and then all these other guys that I've met through the years in men's ministry have just been willing to answer questions, um, open their offices, give me resources, share ideas. Oh, yeah. oh, um, yeah. and it, 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 it's a unique 
uh, fellowship and brotherhood in this in this realm. Oh yeah, it is. It is, and it's amazing. Much much of the same story, except different people. I mean, putting this, putting some of the same people you were talking about into my life also, and helping me out along with Jeff Kasaya. You probably remember, yeah, remember him, Coach, Coach K. K. Coach K, as we affectionately called him, and uh, people like him and uh, Brian Doyle, Marty Granger, uh, Chuck Stacker. Uh, Chuck Stacker is probably one of the first guys uh, besides uh, Coach K that I met, and and uh, it's just uh, just a, a wealth of knowledge out there that, uh, as a men's leader, that you can tap into. Uh, Steve Solderman, um, Rod Hadley, just a just a lot of guys you can reach out and and, and tap into, and they've got all the time in the, in the world to talk to you and speak to you. At least that's what I found out anyway. Sure. What do you think the biggest issue with men's ministry is right now? Yeah. Well, that man, that's a question that could have a lot of answers. I, I tell you, for right now, Noble Warriors, um, this we were just going to do it for a quarter, but now it looks like the whole first half of the year, at least, we are focusing on the issue of mentoring. Mm. And um, almost every church that I talk to, and our focus is on helping churches disciple men. So I don't want anyone to ever say, well, I went to a Noble Warriors event or I'm, I'm participating in Noble Warriors so I don't go to the church. No, we're, we are for the church and we want to see the church disciple men. And so most churches that I talk to will ask me this question about how do we reach the next generation? How do we reach younger men? How do we connect the generations? Um, we'd like to set up a mentoring program. I mean, the, the, the question has various forms. But what the church is recognizing is that they are not doing a good job of connecting with young men, I, I would say 35 and lower. Yes. And I'm, I'm not going to cut it off at 18 because I don't think we're reaching 13-year-olds or 16-year-olds. I don't even think we're doing a great job with nine-year-old boys. Mm -hmm. And remember this, the only thing that a, that God can use to make a man is a boy. And so we have to start investing in those young guys early on and, and casting vision for them for manhood. And so um, I think the pressing issue to get back to your question is how do we cast vision for resource and mobilize the army of seasoned men who have all of this life experience, church experience, Bible knowledge? How do we mobilize them to invest in a next generation of young men and disciple them so that they can become godly men? And, and in many cases, do better with living out biblical manhood than the seasoned men do. I think there's growth that takes place on both sides of that equation. But I think there is a there is an undeployed army that's sitting in the pews on Sunday mornings in a lot of churches that have not been have not understood that they have a calling and have not felt released to go and do something with with their wisdom. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I think uh, one of the things that I have found over the years is that uh, uh, we have done it uh, as churches as a whole, the universal church as a whole, has done a, has done a poor job of preparing men how to pour into their young men, young boys' lives in their homes and in, even into other men that's in their sphere of influence. You know, uh, I couldn't help but thinking while you were talking that, you know, both of us, you and I, uh, we both manage conferences uh, all during the year, during the year, so to speak. And one of the things we do in these conferences, we really encourage dads to bring their sons to these conferences. Right. But, but very few dads do. And uh, and you think that's probably part of the reason is because they don't understand the importance of uh, 
mentoring into their their young boy's life? Um, I, that may be part of it. I, I'm going to say some things that are probably going to offend some people, and and I think we have this sense that um, you know, if if I'm a father and I've got a teenage son, I would like for him to come with me to a men's conference. Well, you've got to invite your son into the world of men long before he turns 15. And he has to feel like you are investing in him and he wants to be with you and he wants to be with those other men. And he's got a worldview that's bigger than um, his baseball experience or his soccer experience. And um, so I, I think there are guys, there are dads who have that desire. But what they recognize is that their son is not interested in the things of the Bible or the things of the Lord. And sadly, it's because they may have missed some opportunities early on. Now, I want to stop there and say that you mentioned Patrick Morley earlier. Another thing that Patrick Morley says is an old Chinese proverb that says that the best time to have planted a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is now. And so you start where you are and invest in those guys, but um, it it has to be more than just inviting to a conference. I I know discipling my own boys, it it involved food all the time. I had to take them out to dinner or (laughs) breakfast and Chick-fil-A and whatever, but but man, they had to know that I wanted to spend time with them, not just bring them to an event that was good for me. I I, I had to be interested in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that even in this whole mentoring thing, we have to learn to, to be listeners and not talkers so much. We have to learn to ask questions of our kids and hear them and not be so quick to uh, lecture them. Even, you know, my my sons would tell me, "Hey, Dad, um, I hear you. You're lecturing me. That's not that's not going to be helpful at all." I mean, they were just bold enough to just tell me right out. Well, it's, it's good. That, it's good that they have that confidence and level of knowing you, in your relationship to be able to just be honest with you, you know. Yeah. And and that and that, that that speaks a lot to to their upbringing and how you minister to them. I know uh, I had a great relationship with my dad. He died when I was 14, but in my early years, I had a great relationship with him. He he took me just about everywhere he went. He he was teaching me things that uh, most uh, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds probably uh, still wondering what is that all about, you know, kind of kind of thing in yeah. today's world. So it does have a some tremendous effect of uh, of dads doing that. And so when they do get into the teenage years and you invite them to come with you, it's like doing something else with dad, you know, and yeah. that's what it boils down to. You've got to. some credibility that you've been, mm-hmm. you've built up over the years. Um, and, 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 and so it's a process of doing that. And, and I think this is where connecting the generations can help because I think a seasoned man can look back and say, hey, here's a, here's something that I wish I had done differently. And, and let me encourage you to do, do it this way. Mm-hmm. And here's why. And vice versa. I mean, there's there's things to be learned on both sides, but I think this is the value. Relational ministry has such value, and we need to work to catalyze that in and through the local church. Yeah, I just. I mean, you mentioned a book at the beginning of our conversation called "The uh, Raising a Modern Day Knight" by Robert Lewis, and I, I came across that book. Uh, 
probably about 2006, somewhere along there. And uh, my my boy was already grown, and he was uh, he was in his 20s anyway. And um, I wish I'd had that book when he was born, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, and so, guys, if you're listening to this and you've got a young man in your in your home, I would highly recommend that book was written 25 years ago, something like that, Mike. Something and, like that, but it yeah, is just as practical and helpful it, today as it was back then. Absolutely, it sure is. And, uh, and I, in fact, uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to give my son-in-law a copy of that book uh when before his first child was born and he's got two kids now he's got two boys now <laughs> so i was glad i i gave him that and so he, he that's he's awesome using it. so anyway well we're talking about dads and fathers and you're you're connected with the with the fatherhood co-commission you want to talk a little bit about that what that's all about what is that I and mean, what is it all about Yes, some of you uh, listening may have seen the movie Courageous, uh, one of the Kendrick Brothers films that came out, I want to say in 2010 timeframe, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was just re-released this past year in an updated format. The uh, Courageous Legacy had some mm -hmm. new scenes and everything. Right. And in the, in the wake of the success of that film, there were some ministry leaders who, with the help of uh, the Chick-fil-A Foundation and some other folks gathered men's ministry, fathering ministry leaders together for an annual event where we just hear from each other. We hear from speakers. We get encouragement. We share ideas. We share best practices. Um, talk about what's going on in the world of fatherhood ministry and uh, really encourage each other. Because, again, this is this is hard ground to work in even investing in dads. And so that has been a tremendous connecting point, a tremendous way of networking. I'll, I'll give you an example. I would never have met a lady by the name of Michelle Watson. I don't know if you've met Michelle or not, but Michelle, she might be a great podcast guest for you. She is uh, a, a female Christian counselor that worked with a lot of teenage girls in, she was in Washington state at the time, I believe. She's now in Arkansas, but she worked with a lot of teenage girls. And as she was counseling them, she understood that much of what these girls were struggling with was identity issues that their dads could help them with. So she started a special counseling project called the ABBA Project, where she met with the fathers of teenage daughters and taught them how to interact with their daughters. And man, the impact and the success that she had with teaching men how to relate to their dad, to their daughters was just huge. So they call her now the dad whisperer. And so I've gotten to hear from her. I've gotten to understand from Dr. Watson about how to relate to my own daughter. I've gotten to share her information with, with other guys who are trying to relate to their daughters. And, and so that's part of the beauty of the fatherhood commission. Here is a uh, a female Christian counselor who's having a huge impact on men as they father their daughters. And when you think about it, it, it makes an incredible amount of sense. Um, but she has blessed a lot of guys in their relationship with their daughters. And so it's relationships like that and networking like that, that comes out of experiences like participating in the fatherhood commission and the national coalition of ministries to men. And some of these other scenarios where you get to meet guys and girls. In, in this particular case, 
who are at work in this field in some way, and you can learn from them and, and understand their resources, share them with others. And um, so it just becomes part of how we do ministry because we need each other. Mm-hmm. That's super. And that's great. And, you know, I, you know, we hear a lot about the fatherhood co-commission and I encourage you guys out there to really reach out and look more uh, up about that uh, ministry yourself, because it can really help you out in your fatherhood role, uh, both not just with your sons, but like Mike was just talking about, even with your daughters. So that's great stuff. Mike, I want to shift gears a little bit. What's your favorite sure. verse? What's your favorite verse? Um, you know, I, I love Psalm 1. Um, I memorized that with my sons, and it, it starts out saying, Blessed is the man who does not um, who does not walk with the wicked or stand with sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water. His leaf does not wither. He His fruit um, comes in season. Uh, whatever he does prospers. And, and so I, I just love that image because there's a progression there. You know, not walk in the way of wicked or sit in the seat of scoffers or, or, or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. Um, Satan is going to try to draw us off course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the only way to prevent that is to be focused on meditating on the, the word of the Lord. And when we do that, we're like trees planted by streams of water and we produce fruit. And... Um, so I just love that passage. I love the imagery. I love the to talk about that with men uh, because we can all relate to it. We can all relate to somehow being steered off course by a distraction or a temptation that that Satan had tuned specifically for us. But the only way to to avoid that is to be solid in the word. So that's a, that's one of the favorite passages. Yeah, that? many. I'm sure you got many just like I got. It was kind of hard to, yeah. to pin down. But, you know, when you were talking about it, I couldn't help but think of what Jeff Casayo used to always pray over the people that he mentored. You know, at the end, he said, I pray that God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shade you by. And, and that verse kind of goes right along with, with that yeah. uh, blessing that he would pray over us every time he prayed. That's super. Mike, real shortly, how did you come to Christ? Yeah. How did you come? How did yep. you meet God? Yeah. Um, when I was uh, younger, we, uh, we went through a season where my family did not go to church. Um, and then we got invited by a friend of my mom's to, to go to a new church. And um, so started going there. I was 13 years old and became aware of my own sin. I, I remember the, the agony of that and the tears and um you know, there's a men's ministry moment here because I, I started talking to my dad about what I was feeling. And he said, oh, let me talk to the let me call the preacher. So he <laughs> called the preacher and he came and, and talked to me and shared shared Christ with me. And I, I made a profession of faith and was baptized in January of 1981. And um, I love my dad. I love the fact that he cared for me and, and I was able to go with him, go to him with those questions. Um, I'm saddened by the fact that he had to call the preacher to to share Christ with me. He didn't feel qualified for that. And so guys, if you're listening to this, one of the things that my I pray for men is that you would be qualified, competent, and confident to be able to share Christ with your children and to kneel beside them on the sofa or your recliner or a bedside and be with them as they give their lives and hearts to Jesus. And so that's that's the story there. So I can go on for more with that, but that's that's how I first came to Christ. I was not discipled well as a young man. My discipleship experience came much later, oh, but yeah. um, 
that's when I knew I was I was in the Lord's hand at that point. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that discipleship probably in just a little bit, uh, not only yours, but mine and, and everybody else we're talking about. But but right now, folks, we are we are talking with Mike Young of Noble Warriors, and uh, we're just getting to know Mike a little bit. And we're going to take a little break right here. And then when we come back from the break, we're going to find out what, no, what Noble Warriors is all about. So stay tuned, and we'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Intentional Conversations with Mike Salen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to these podcasts. If you are interested in knowing more about me and what I have learned over the years working with men, check out my book, The Call, A Journey into Men's Ministry. You can find the book on Amazon.com or on BarnesandNoble.com. Check out the website, CapeFearMen.net. You'll find many recommended resources to help you and the men in your church grow in Christ. You can also follow my blog and discover events Cape Fear Men will be hosting throughout the year. You can even schedule a time to talk with me about your men's ministry, or developing a mentoring relationship. If you enjoy these programs, I would ask you to do two things. One, share this program with your friend. And two, consider helping to keep these broadcasts coming to you by giving to Cape Fear Men. You can give by going to capefearmen.net and click on the Give to Cape Fear Men button at the top of the page. Thank you in advance for your donation. Now, back to the program with this week's guests. All right, welcome back to Intentional Conversation with Mike Salen. This is where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. And we thank you for joining us today on this uh, this particular episode as we have Mike Young, the founder of Noble Warriors. And in the first half of this program, we were talking to him just about men and men's ministry uh, leading and uh, how he got into it. But uh, as we said, he's the founder of Noble Warriors, and we want to talk about Noble Warriors. So, Mike, tell us, what is Noble Warriors all about? Yeah. So I, I so know that for, opens up a wide door, but, but it's, it, it does. <laughs> I'll I'll try to keep it narrow. And and so here's the deal. You you mentioned this in the bio at the beginning. Um, but our mission statement says that we equip we serve churches as they equip men to walk with Christ and lead well. And so we we really do want to stand with and beside the local church, parachurch ministry uh para means beside to come alongside mm-hmm. so we want mm-hmm. to come alongside the local church and serve the church in men's discipleship um and this is an area where it, it, when you sit down and talk with most pastors they will say this is an area of weakness in the church that they struggle right. to to do this well so we want to provide resources and really strategic thinking uh you know as well as I do you've been brought up through the the men's uh, oh my goodness, the man in the mirror resources. And you understand that so often we see churches doing men's ministry events that have no right next step. There's nothing, no one knows what to do after the big event. They just love the big event. So we spend a lot of time or our favorite thing to do is to spend time talking with pastors and leaders and leadership teams about how to be strategic in discipling men, how to how to plan for catalytic events and follow-up strategies and and sustaining momentum, um, and and so it's a it's a process that is very invisible ministry. It's uh, that's not loud or big or sexy, and so we do a conferences like you're doing this this coming weekend. Uh, we do all sorts of events and communicate with folks so that we can have a presence 
a visible presence that allows us to establish credibility and relationships to go and do the invisible work of coaching and consulting local churches as they disciple men. Yeah, that's one of the, one of the issues that I found when I got into men's ministry. Uh, I first started as a uh, local church um, leader, and you know I didn't have a clue what to do. And yep. it wasn't until I found organizations like Noble Warriors and others out there that I realized that there's resources out there for us to tap into to help us out. So how do you how do you tap into uh, uh, or um, into a local church into the past? Um, I, I will probably make some guys angry when I say this right now too, especially pastors. One of the things I have learned over the years is. There are some pastors out there that knows what they're doing in men's ministry, but a lot of them haven't got a clue what to do in men's ministry. They knew they need to reach their men, but they just don't know how to engage them in a way that will bring them into a discipling and mentoring relationship because they haven't been that way themselves. So how do you tap into that and help those, help those leaders and ministers to uh, understand that need? Yeah. So a couple of things here. I have you ever been through Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby? Oh yeah, you oh yeah. With that, and 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 so one of Blackaby's principles is find where God is working and join Him there. And so I love to wait for um, a, a pastor or a men's ministry leader or some representative for the local church to say, "Hey, can you help us?" Because that changes the dynamic. Now. That, that doesn't happen all, all the time, but I'll give you an example. I was at a basketball game last weekend, and, and one of my daughter's father, we got into a conversation. He found out that I'm a men's ministry guy, so he started telling me about his church and wanted me to, to meet his pastor and said, we've got some things going on, but, but boy, we sure could. It could use some help, and I said, well, let me tell you, I, I would prefer not to start with your pastor, and he was a little shocked by that. Mm -hmm. And I know he's a salesman. I said, well, we're going to use a sales tactic that you may have heard of called building a fire in the basement. So I know you're interested in men's discipleship right now. And I know you've got somebody else in your church who's the like the president of the men's ministry or something. And so I would like for the two of us to have lunch and let's talk about what what is going on, what could be going on. And let me share some resources and some ideas with you before we approach the pastor and then we can approach the pastor together mm -hmm. as opposed to you setting up an appointment for me to talk with the pastor um, because they're going to have more credibility in that space than I am, especially if I can equip them to make a ministry presentation that I'm just, I'm just willing to stand beside them and help them. I'm not bringing something to the church uh, or to the pastor. And so that's one of the strategies that I will use sometimes is to try to find the guy in the church yep. who yep. already has a passion for men. Absolutely. And then I can resource him and come in the side door or the back door of the church as opposed to coming right in the front door and going to the pastor's study with a with an accusation about how men's ministry is not doing well. So does that make sense? Absolutely. I know Kevin Gregory would now was uh, actually talking about that not too long ago where where we were talking about the fact that even though you may, if you may not have a pastor that may be fully engaging and you don't think he's got a heart for men, or maybe he does have a heart, but he doesn't know where to go, but you do, then uh, go ahead and start moving towards that way. I and mean, maybe he will catch the vision of what his men under him are doing and, and, yeah. and 
and come on board that way because he'll see your passion. And if he's a, if he's a pastor like he needs to be, he will, he will, uh, um, cultivate that and he will encourage it to continue to grow because he'll see the change that's happening in his men in his church. So yeah, right. a lot of times, a lot of times just going straight to the pastor is not the best way to go. And and that's super. That's a, that's a good word for those who are uh, in men's ministry or thinking about getting into, into ministry, their men, their local churches. We'll talk about some of the resources. Yeah, you have. You have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I will tell you another story because I actually got a, I got an email from a pastor last week and I was finally able to get him on the call th- on a phone this week who said, Hey, I, I've, I recognize that I need to do something with my men. My, our church is a small country church. It's led predominantly by women, but I know we need to invest in men and encourage them to step up. And so he reached out to me. So this is the pastor. And I said, well, I, so how'd you find out about this? And he's about noble warriors. And he said, well, Somebody else told me about your ministry. I looked you up and decided I was gonna gonna reach out to you. And so, you know, there's where God's already working. Yeah. He yeah. called me. We got to have a great conversation about um, what he's dealing with, what he's already doing. He's leading a, a men's prayer group, and he said, "I'd like for it to go deeper." And I said, "Well, sometimes people say that they want to go deeper in the Word. They want to have an intense Bible study." And I, I've seen way too many guys be deep in the word and deep in the sin at the same time. And so I think what you mean is you want to see them apply it practically and understand what it means to lead in their homes and with their marriages and then in the church. And he said, absolutely, that's what I'm looking for. And so I was able to have a really cool conversation with him. I'm going to send him some resources. I think that's where you were going next with your question yep. and um, let him take a look at these these items. And then we'll get on another call and talk about what he could do with the small group of guys he's already got. And and I said, you don't want to blow this up now. You don't need to invite everyone else to come to this. Work with who God's brought to you and then let them go out and get the other guys and, and leverage their relationships. And so it was just a glorious conversation because um, he was ready. I, I'm not pounding on his door. He called and was was ready. God had prepared him to ask some questions about men's discipleship. And then, so we stand ready to give him wisdom, insight, resources as we understand them so that he can go and get the job done. Well, what are some resources you would provide somebody? What, what, are, what are some of those things yeah. you may have provided to him that, that he can take a look yeah. at? So, so last week I sent him a copy of uh, a book that was produced by the NCMM called uh, How to Disciple Men. I got it. I'm going to grab it right here. It's uh, 45, 45 proven strategies from experts on ministry to men. And so, uh, yeah, Mike's got his copy. And so, uh, so I sent him a copy of that as an intro point. The very first chapter of that book is, can you possibly disciple every man in your church? The keys to discipling every man in your church by Brett Klimmer from, right. from Man in the Mirror. And so that's a great introductory resource. And then I talked to him about, the men's fraternity has been a tremendously valuable asset for Mm -hmm. me over the years. Mm -hmm. And so I talked about a little bit about the foundations of men's fraternity and then the 33 series and then the better man series. So I'm actually, I've got a package together. I'm going to send him a copy of better man, a workbook, a copy of the, the 33 workbook, and also a copy of point man, which is a book written by Steve Farrar about 30 years ago. 
that is a fantastic resource. And um, so I'm going to put those in the mail, let this pastor sit with them for a week and a half or two, and then we'll get on a call again and talk about, okay, what would fit well with your church? How could you create a strategy to engage some guys in growing in their understanding of what it means to walk with Jesus and lead well? And, and then let's work on executing that with an eye toward expanding that maybe in the fall and having those guys reach out and go get some other guys. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be my strategy with this pastor. Um, and so I'm excited about it. Now, that I don't get to have that phone call every day, but when I do, man, it's uh, it's glorious. Yeah. So yeah. that's what uh, we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, it's it's rare that we get those kinds of calls, but we 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 are definitely elated when they those calls come in because that really shows uh, uh, there's a movement there in that particular local body of believers through their leaders. It it, it is just a it's just a, a blessing to see uh, see when uh, uh, men's leaders get it or, or or pastors and so forth when they get it. You know, we we, we have a good friend in ministry uh, over on the West Coast. He always says, when men get it, everybody wins. And that, yeah. is, that is so, it's so true. That is so true. That is yep. so true. There are many ways well, Mike, to say that. One of the things I, I say is that uh, changed men change everything. Oh, yeah. You got that right, too. And uh, that, yep. that is a that is true. And it's, uh, it's, it's always good. And I tell you, uh, if you're a men's leader out there, um, I would encourage you, especially if you're up in the Virginia area, uh, anywhere and up there, reach out to, to Mike and, and, and start developing a relationship with him because he's got a wealth of knowledge that he can share with you and sit down with you and just talk with you. And Mike, if uh, somebody wants to do that, how would they get up with you? Sure. The best way is to reach out to us uh, through the website, noblewarriors.org. They can uh, check out some, some information there and and I mentioned mentoring. We've got a um, on our resources section tab of the website. There's a whole mm-hmm. section now that we're developing with mentoring resources. There's some other things that you can find there. We've got a purity page and and some other resources. But if you want to reach me directly, it's very simply Mike dot Young M I K E dot Y O U N G at noblewarriors.org. Would love to hear from you, and if I can serve you or help you in any way, I'm happy to do that. Amen. Amen. So I encourage you to do that. Well, I want I do want us to talk about one other thing. I think you started this during the COVID period, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. And that was the tailgates. Sure. Um, uh, the Noble Warrior Man tailgates, I believe is what you're calling it. Um, yeah, we called it. Yeah. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So we called it the Noble Man tailgate. And when COVID hit, um, we were looking for a way to have a gathering of men where guys could, um, our, our tagline became, um, eat with the guys, worship the King, get sharpened by the word and take the right next step. Mm-hmm. And we did these outdoor events. Guys would show up and eat from six until seven. And then from seven to eight thirty, we had a, had a program with two brief keynote messages, some worship, and then a challenge to take what they had learned and apply it in their lives and their marriage and, and, and beyond. Um, and the fact that we did them outside made it a lot easier in the COVID environment. We could, right. uh, you know, people could socially distance as much as they felt they needed to. And 
we did not do the food. We left that to each individual church or, or to individuals. I mean, we had some guys who would show up with a with a personal cooler and they'd eat their sandwich or whatever, hanging out there with the guys in their lawn chair. And so it, it really turned into a pretty cool way to do some ministry with guys because um, guys were hungry to get together and worship and be challenged and encouraged. So uh, you can find out about that that whole model. There are pictures of it and everything at um, on our website under events, the Nobleman Tailgate. But it was it was a fun experiment. Um, we are in the midst of trying to figure out as COVID eases, uh, do we continue to do those as small events? Do we move them inside because you have to worry about the weather with with that whole thing? Um, it, what exactly are we going to do with all of that? So. Uh, that that's a prayer request for wisdom about how to, you know, we God's given us this kind of cool thing. So what do we do with it? And um, so we're we're trying to figure that out. But it has turned into something really quite cool um, in our in our region. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, folks, we've been talking to Mike Young of Noble Warriors, and it's been great to have you on, Mike. I want to take uh, you know, just a minute or two. We're coming up on our time. And I just want to turn it over to you just to let you share anything that's on your heart towards uh, to the men or to the men's leaders or to the pastors, wherever you want, you want to go and just share a couple of thoughts to them as a words of encouragement. Hmm. Yeah, well, th thank you for that. And I think what I would say is that one of the things that we all lament, those of us, Mike and myself and Brian, Chuck Stecker, some of the guys you've heard us mention here, we lament the fact that men's ministry is hard. I mean, it, mm. it, it just really is. Because if you're going to start investing in the lives of men, you're going to deal with pornography. You're going to deal with sins of the past. You're going to deal with shame. You're going to deal with anger. You're going to deal with father wounds. You're going to deal with brokenness. You're going to deal with all of those things, but but here's the deal. None of that is beyond the reach of the arm of God or can't be covered by the blood of Christ. Yeah, and yeah. and so, man, when, when we see a man come to Christ, when we see a man turn his heart toward Jesus and commit to him, then we get to see this new creation happen, this Second Corinthians 5, 17, behold, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And so there's a process that begins to happen after that of sanctification, where a man begins to understand what it means to be like Christ. And, and no guy's perfect after he, he makes a profession of faith, but he begins, if, if there are some men around him who can walk with him and show him the way, then man, you can transform not only the life of a man, but you can you can see a marriage transformed. You can see a family transformed. You can see a generation. You can see multiple generations transformed because of the work that you invest in a man. And so it is hard work, but it is incredibly rewarding ministry work. And so whether you're an individual guy or a men's ministry leader or a pastor, my encouragement to you is to keep investing in the work of discipling men. Don't don't grow weary in this work because it is it is just incredibly important and powerful and it's worthwhile. So keep doing it guys. Be encouraged. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that word of encouragement. And you guys out there, we know we know what you're going through. We understand the process and the frustrations that you feel from time to time that you sometimes want to throw your hands up and, and just got to persevere. We understand that. So uh, just reach out to us and we're there for you to help you yeah. out. And, and it's it's great. Well, Mike, it's good to have you on. It's good to see you again. It's good to talk to you again, and uh, look forward to uh, collaboration and stuff in the future. And and uh, and just uh, just take care in in what God is doing because God's doing a mighty work through Noble Warriors and yourself and the rest of your team up there in the Virginia area. Because you're not just reaching the guys in Virginia; you're reaching guys basically all over this country in, in a lot mm. of the things of what you're doing. So it, it, it's just amazing. Thanks for being on. Well, it's great to be with you. We're all laboring in the same field. And that Amen. brings me great joy that we get to work together. So thank you, brother. And uh, I know you've got a conference this weekend. It'll probably be done by the time you get this posted. But um, I'm praying that things go well there and that men get to get to encounter Christ. So God bless you, brother. Thanks for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And for those listening audience, I do appreciate you. And, uh, and I hope you will join us again on the next Intentional Conversations with Mike Salmon. But for now, God bless you. And I hope you have a great Thank you for listening to Intentional Conversations with Mike Sandlin. Intentional Conversations is a production of Cape Fear Men, a men's ministry coalition. Cape Fear Men is a 501c3 organization operating under Ministry Alliance. To learn more about Cape Fear Men and how Cape Fear Men can help you reach the men of your church, or if you want to know more about what we discuss with these programs, go to capefearmen.net. If you'd like to speak to me directly, email me at mike.sandlin at kfearmen.net. But for now, I will leave you with this blessing. I pray God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shade you. This is Mike Sandlin saying God bless, and I hope you will join me again on the next Intentional Conversation with Mike Sandlin.